Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Maddie Flint and you're listening to my podcast, The Essentials. And today I'm coming at you guys with news updates from this past week. Currently it is June 30th and everything I'm talking about happened previously. So I'm going to get right into it with Supreme Court rulings. Guys, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. Oh my gosh. So this case was decided on June 23rd of 2022. The case was about New York State's highly regulated gun laws versus the Second Amendment. Now this happened in New York, so obviously there's going to be a war on the Second Amendment. People would have had to show a justifiable reason to carry handguns in public. And SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States, said that any regulations must be, quote, consistent with this nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation, unquote. And in New York, that was not the case. Therefore, the court applied its precedents in the District of Columbia versus Heller, which was a 2008 case, and McDonald versus Chicago, which was a 2010 case, which both recognized the Second Amendment as protecting an individual right for law-abiding citizens to possess a handgun at home for self-defense. And with the court rulings of those two cases in mind, the court then struck down in a large majority vote the strict carry laws of New York in this most recent case, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. And I was kind of surprised to find out that they struck that down. So that was the first decision that kind of caught my attention. I saw like news reports of it on social media and I was like, oh really, they actually turned down a strict gun control law in New York? That's pretty surprising. So then as days progressed, I noticed something else happened with the Supreme Court, which was also a pretty big win for anybody who practices any type of religion in the United States. And this is sad that it even had to be a win because technically under the very first amendment of the constitution, a part of the bill of rights, which is the first 10, every American citizen should be guaranteed the freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. So this case, Kennedy versus Bremerton School District, this case was decided on June 27th, 2022. And this case dealt with the issue of Mr. Joseph Kennedy losing his job as a high school football coach in the Bremerton School District after he knelt at midfield after games to offer a quiet personal prayer. He then sued the district in federal court for discriminating against his religious liberty because he wasn't bothering anybody praying. He wasn't in anybody's face trying to tell them to believe in Christianity. He was just offering himself a silent personal prayer and I think it's wrong that somebody would come after him for doing that because we're supposed to have religious liberty here in America so obviously that's a violation of his first amendment rights if it is perfectly acceptable and this is just my questioning for public schools to fill their libraries with politically motivated left-wing books that teach any number of things backhanded racism cancel culture and LGBTQ plus books and sex-based material for their elementary students. So there's freedom of the press. We Apparently they're allowed to do that regardless of what parents say, but hey, they have freedom of the press. We should be able to accept religious freedoms as well. Saying a silent prayer is not bothering anybody. 
And if it offends you, that's unfortunately too bad. You have no right to not be offended. You can be offended as much as you want by something, but that doesn't mean you need to change this person's belief because you're offended. So that would be like if I said, I love raspberries, but you like strawberries better. I don't like strawberries. I don't like the way they look. I like raspberries only. So I'm going to have the supermarkets throw out all their strawberries because I don't like those. And you can go take those somewhere else. Even if a majority of people love strawberries, I'm taking offense to that because I don't and I like raspberries. Therefore, I'm getting rid of strawberries. And that's basically a summary of cancel culture. So when it comes to the freedom of religion, that is protected under the Constitution. Other people have no right to be offended if you want to exercise that freedom or if you don't want to exercise that freedom. It's no one else's business other than yours. And that is why the Supreme Court stuck to the original interpretation of the Constitution and backed the former football coach. As Justice Neil Gorsuch said, quote, both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect expressions like Mr. Kennedy's. And he also wrote in the majority opinion, nor does a proper understanding of the amendment's establishment clause require the government to single out private religious speech for a special disfavor. The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression, for religious and non-religious views alike. So I'm happy to see that there was justice for Mr. Kennedy, as individual rights and freedoms are very important here in America and everybody should be guaranteed to them. Every person has those rights along with a right to life. So as I'm sure you've seen plastered all over every TV screen, every Apple Watch, every iPhone, anywhere you get your news, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And it has surely caused very high emotions on both sides. It was a poorly written document. It was not ever meant to last. And overturning it does not deny women from health care, as most say it does. This decision is just putting abortion issues back into the hands of the states. So now women can't justify the use of abortions as birth control by saying it's protected under the Constitution. And you know, I did some math, and from 1980 to 2004, according to the CDC, there have been 19,021,324 induced abortions. And I was just going off of a data chart that I found, and it listed from uh, 1980 to 2019, but I was adding up all the numbers, um, and I stopped at 2004, and I, it was already almost 20 million induced abortions. And how many of those do we think were just because the mother didn't want the baby? How many of those were instances of rape or incest? So I did find a 2004 survey that took data from um, abortions that year and counted which ones of them were because of rape or incest. And they found that 1% of them were because of those two things. I'm sure the numbers have definitely gone up, but they are still low compared to any other reason like not wanting your kid or not being able to take care of your child and nobody told you that you have support groups that people will help you care for that baby. Maybe somebody was in a bad position and was just told by abortion clinics and everything that this was the right thing to do. And it is not those people's faults. They didn't maybe know where else to turn. But it's just sad that women are being told that abortion is a normal form of birth control. In my personal opinion, I don't want to see abortion normalized as 
just a means of getting rid of your baby if you don't want one. But under a medical emergency, something like an ectopic pregnancy, um, which is a condition where a fertilized egg attaches outside of the uterus, and if that's left untreated, it may lead to life-threatening bleeding. Usually, urgent medical attention is recommended in severe cases. It's rare, but it's very serious. So in a case like that, aborting the pregnancy may be what the doctors decide to do in order to save the mother. But there are a lot of pro-abortion activists that are going to get out there and take to the streets and surround the Supreme Court justices' homes and pregnancy centers and churches and vandalize these buildings, going around saying that abortion is necessary because of ectopic pregnancies. It's all about the mothers dying because of pregnancy, but they need to remember that that is not a common occasion. Not every pregnancy is going to be life-threatening, just like not every plane is going to crash. But we still fly planes. We still ride them. They still exist. So don't believe that trope. It's just another way to justify mass abortions. But ultimately, believe what you want on this one to each his own. Usually a belief in any faith and religion, or not in one, will determine what a person thinks of abortion, will determine their stance. So now I think with Roe v. Wade being overturned, people really should be a lot more conscious of their actions. Because based on biology, when the egg and sperm meet and the sperm fertilizes the egg, it becomes a zygote. And as it grows into a fetus, it has its own unique set of chromosomes, different from both parents, and that genetic makeup is once in a lifetime. It will never happen again, based on all the sorting and mixing that happens between chromosomal pairs during meiosis. And it's very interesting. So if you are one who claims to follow the science, but you don't believe that to be true, you should go take biology again, because that's literally how human reproduction works. And as for post-Roe America... I really don't know what to expect, what kinds of events we're going to see from now on, or at least until the next election happens. Uh, I just pray that it won't be anything severely violent. So moving on to my next news topic, the Cambridge, New York Indians mascot appeal was actually lost last week. Um, it's heartbreaking news for hundreds of community members in Cambridge when the appeal was lost. And this is a historical image. Parents and grandparents and great uncles and aunts have gone to Cambridge and been Cambridge Indians and never found it to be disrespectful in any way. But in today's political climate of cancel culture, um, the mascot was seen as offensive cultural appropriation by some. Or to others, a reminder to be strong, brave, and virtuous. But the minority in Cambridge who ultimately want this removal to go forward um, got what they wanted for now, while the majority who wanted to keep the mascot seem to have no say in local political matters. All the majority can do really is to keep voting and to not lose hope because of this. Buns Falls and Hoosick Valley still display their Indian mascot name and image and Cambridge's decision was skipped over the community because they know that if the community members were allowed to vote, they would lose. People would want to keep the mascot. Now, the part I find to be a little bit strange is that Cambridge School lies in the 4th District, the Judicial District of New York State, 
where there were Republican judges. And the, the school actually lies in this district, so this would have been the appropriate district to take this case to. But it was skipped to the third district, which is closer to New York City, not, not New York City, but downstate, where all of the judges are for cancel culture. They're all Dems. I don't know whose decision it was at Cambridge to skip the fourth district court and move into the third but somebody knew what they were doing when they surpassed that court because bringing it to the third district was going to guarantee that mascot removal and if i can't do anything else in this whole mascot debate other than one thing it would be to find out who made that decision because I know why they did it. I just want to know who did it and how they got away with it. So just because this imagery and everything is being taken away from the community, local community members are really coming together to support each other. And no matter what happens with the imagery and the name that's actually displayed, nothing is going to take away the pride and heritage that they have in and with this mascot and because a lot of the community members are Native American and they attended this school, as did their parents, nobody can take that away from them. That's history that's in their family and they can have pride as a Cambridge Indian for the rest of their lives. Some New York State policy of cancel culture cannot change that for them. And for my last news update, the New York gubernatorial primary and results are in. Lee Zeldin has won the Republican gubernatorial primary. He defeated Andrew Giuliani and Rob Astorino and now is set to go against Kathy Hochul. Is there hope for New York? I don't know. The last Republican governor we had was back in the 90s. So I don't remember because <laughs> 1995 was when he was elected. It was George E. Pataki and he left office in 2007 when I was four. So I would not remember that. I wish I did. But Governor Pataki beat Andrew Cuomo's dad, Mario, in his gubernatorial election. So we'll have to see if Lee Zeldin can pull off this win for New York. And that would be really cool. So we'll just have to keep our eye on that whole thing and make sure to get out there and vote when the time does come. So that concludes this episode of The Essentials. Thank you guys for listening. As always, greatly appreciate it. Don't miss next week's episode right here on the BMG Network.